Well, good morning, City View Church. I am so grateful that we can worship together today as brothers and sisters in the family of God. I want to ask you, do any of you like to cook? I don't like to cook. I'm really not that good at it. But sometimes I will cook whenever my wife works and we don't have any leftovers to heat up from the night before. Now when I cook, things don't always turn out that good. One time several years ago, I decided to make mashed potatoes for dinner. I was going to use the instant mashed potato mix that comes in a box. You just heat up some water, add some milk and butter, and then stir in the potato mix. It's easy. Surely I couldn't mess that up. But I did. I went to the pantry and I saw a plastic bag that had something in it that looked like instant mashed potato mix. It wasn't labeled, but I figured my wife must have opened a box at some point and put it in this bag to keep it fresh. So I thought I should use what's in the bag before I opened a new box. So I heated up the water, added the milk and butter, and then I stirred in the mix from the bag. And when it was time to sit down to eat, the potatoes were awful. The potatoes were heavy as cement and sticky as glue. <laughs> What did you do, my wife asked? I followed all the directions on the box. Did you put in the right amounts? Yes, I put in all the right amounts. I measured very carefully. Did you use the mix from the box? No, I used the mix from the bag. Oh, that was pancake mix, not potato mix. <laughs> no, I didn't know that the bag had pancake mix because it wasn't labeled. I acted in ignorance when I tried to use pancake mix instead of mashed potato mix. I didn't realize that what I was doing was wrong. I was trying to be a good cook, and I acted in ignorance and ruined dinner. So 
So I had to ask my family for forgiveness. Now I share that story with you because we all do things from time to time for which we need forgiveness. It's not only true when it comes to our families, it's also true when it comes to God. Even if we try to be good people and try to live good lives, none of us is perfect. We all do things that offend God, things for which we need him to forgive us. Sometimes we deliberately disobey God. We know that we're, what we're going to do is wrong and we do it anyways. Other times we act in ignorance and we do something that offends God without even realizing it. The Jewish people back in Jesus' day, they acted in ignorance when they handed Jesus over to Pilate to be crucified. They didn't realize that it was the Son of God, the Messiah, that they were handing over. They thought they were doing a good thing because the chief priests were convinced that Jesus was a blaspheming heretic. They thought they were protecting their religion. Now it doesn't matter that they acted in ignorance and it doesn't matter that they thought they were doing a good thing. They still offended God. Those things that we do that offend God, the Bible calls them sin. We can sin deliberately by disobeying God or we can sin by acting in ignorance. Either way, we need God's forgiveness. The Bible says that all of us have sinned. That's the bad news. We've all sinned and we all need God's forgiveness. But the good news is there is one who can save us from our sin. And his name is Jesus. Yes, the very one that the Jewish people handed over to be crucified, he's the one who can save us from our sin. The Apostle Peter is going to explain this to a group of Jewish people in the passage that we look at today. In our Sunday morning services, we are studying through the book of Acts. We're going to be in Acts chapter 3 today, verse 11 to 26. If you have your Bible, I invite you to take it out and open up to Acts chapter 3. In the first half of Acts chapter 3, God does a miracle through Peter. As Peter and John are going to the temple at the hour of prayer, they see a man lying by the gate. 
mugihe Petero na Yohana barimo kuja gusenga ku mugoroba babona umuntu wari uremaye wahoraga ku muryango kwirembo ry'urusengero The man was paralyzed from the time he was born Uwo muntu yari yararemaye kuva mu ivuka rye Every day people carried him to the temple gate so he could beg for money Abantu bamuzanaga ku muryango ruremo rwitwa ryiza kugira ngo asabirize Peter sees the man and he tells him to rise and walk and then he grabs him by the hand and pulls him up Instantly the man's feet became strong and he began walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people who witnessed this gathered around Peter and John and the man who was healed. They were amazed at what they saw. Now Peter knows that these are people who need God's forgiveness. He knows that because we all need God's forgiveness. So rather than letting the people treat him like a celebrity, he decides to tell them about the one who can save them from their sin. So what does Peter tell the crowd about Jesus? I'm going to read the scriptures and we'll see. I'm going to start reading in Acts chapter 3 verse 11. Here's what the scriptures say. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people utterly astonished ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this, or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? Petero abibonye abaza abobantu ati, Yemwe bagabo ba Israeli, niki gitumye mu the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. This, this, uh, but you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. In his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know, and the faith that is in through Jesus has given this man this perfect health in the presence of you all. Kandi uyu, uo mureva, kandi muzi, kuko izeye izina ryuwo, Niryo rimuhaye imbaraga kandi kwizera ahawe nuwo niko kumukirije rwose 
And now, brothers, I know you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. Whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, the Lord will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. Are you reading 22 or 23? That's 22, 23. Uh, let me start from 22. I have a question. I have a question. I have a question. I have Umeze nganje nuko muzamwumvire muzo azababwira byose 23 nuko rero umuntu wese utazumvira uwo muhanuzi azarimburwa mu bantu and all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaim these days kandi nabahanuzi bose uhereye kuri Samuel nabamukurikiyeho uko bahanuye bose na you are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your father, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. Father, we thank you for your holy word this morning. We ask that your Holy Spirit open our hearts and our minds to understand it. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as we discuss the passage of Scripture today, the main point that I want to make is this. Because everyone needs God's forgiveness. Everyone needs to know about the Son who saves us from our sin. 
buri wese akeneye kumenya umwana udukiza akadukora muzaha and the son who saves us from our sin is Jesus Christ he's the son of god kandi umwana udukiza ibyaha ni Yesu Kristo ariwe mwana w'Imana now there are two transformational truths that everyone needs to know about Jesus Christ. Peter shared these truths with the crowd that gathered at the temple 2,000 years ago. I want to share these truths with you today. Hopefully, God will give you the opportunity to share these truths with someone later today or later this week. The first truth is this. Jesus has the power to save us from our sin. In verses 11 through 16, when Peter talks to the crowd, he wants to make sure everyone knows it was not by his power that the man was healed. Peter wants to make sure everyone knows that it was God's power in the person of Jesus Christ that healed the man. When Jesus was on this earth, he healed a lot of people. And oftentimes, Jesus healed people from their physical diseases to show that he has the power to forgive sins. For example, in Luke chapter 5, there's a story about another paralyzed man. And this man's friends carried him on his bed and tried to take him to Jesus so that Jesus could heal him. Jesus was teaching in a house, and the house was so full of people that the friends couldn't get the man to Jesus. So they climbed up on the roof, and they cut a hole in the ceiling, and they lowered the man down right in front of Jesus laying on his bed. And when Jesus saw the paralyzed man at his feet, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven. Now the scribes and the Pharisees started whispering to each other. They said, how can he tell this man that his sins are forgiven? Only God has the power to forgive sins. That's when Jesus said, let me prove to you that I have the power to forgive sins. And he turned to the paralyzed man and he said, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And that's exactly what the man did. He got up, picked up his bed, and he went home. That man's physical healing was proof that Jesus has power to forgive sins. If Jesus can say to a paralyzed man, rise and walk, and if he can get up and rise and walk, then we know that Jesus has the power to forgive sins when he says that he does. About a hundred years ago, there was a famous escape artist named Harry Houdini. Uh, people would tie him up and box him up and lock him up. 
abantu bakundaga kumuhambira bakamushira mu box and he would always find a way to escape from every predicament that he was in. Harry said, no prison can hold me. No locks can shackle me. No ropes or chains can keep me from my freedom. Harry Houdini may have thought that he had the power to save himself from every predicament that he found himself in. But there's one predicament he could not save himself from. That's the predicament that his sin put him in. Harry Houdini didn't have the power to save himself from his sin. None of us have that power. None of us have the power to escape from the judgment that our sin puts us under. But there is someone who has the power to save us from our sin. And that person is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Everyone needs to know that Jesus has the power to save us from our sin. That's the first truth everyone needs to know about Jesus. The second truth that everyone needs to know is that Jesus fulfills God's promise to save us from our sin. In verses 17 to 26, Peter tells the people that for thousands of years, God had been promising to send them someone to save them from their sin. God promised Abraham that one of his offspring would bless all the families of the earth. God told Moses that he would raise up a prophet from among the people. And all the other prophets from Samuel all the way on down, they all told the people about God's promise to send a Messiah. The Messiah was someone who would come to establish God's kingdom. The Messiah was also someone who would come to die, to suffer and die for people's sins. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says this about the Messiah. He was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. In verse 18, Peter says that Jesus Christ is the one who fulfills these promises. Jesus Christ is the one who suffered and died for our sins. Now the Jewish people didn't recognize that Jesus, Jesus is the Messiah that God sent. That's why Peter says in verse 17 that they acted in ignorance when they hand him over to be crucified. Now 
Even to this day, the vast majority of Jewish people do not recognize that Jesus is the Messiah. But we have good reason to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. We have good reason to believe that Jesus is the one that God sent to save us from our sin. Jesus fulfills every single promise and prophecy that God made about the Messiah that he said would come to save us from our sin. There are at least 300 prophecies in the Old Testament about the Messiah that God promised to send. Some scholars say there are as many as 456 prophecies about the Messiah. Whatever the number is, Jesus fulfills them all. Now a skeptic might say that maybe that just happened by chance. A skeptic might say that if enough people are born, sooner or later somebody would fulfill those prophecies by chance. The skeptic would say, well, maybe Jesus was that person. Their argument is not a very strong one. A man named Peter Stoner was a Christian math professor in the middle of the last century. Stoner. He did extensive research and was able to calculate the probability that a person would randomly fulfill eight of the prophecies about the Messiah. These are the eight prophecies that he considered. The Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. The Messiah will have a messenger who prepares his way. The Messiah will enter Jerusalem as a king riding on a donkey. The Messiah will be betrayed by a friend. The Messiah will be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. The Messiah will be betrayed for money that is used to buy a potter's field. The, the Messiah will remain silent when he is afflicted. And the Messiah will die having his hands and feet pierced. Professor Stoner determined that the probability that a random person would fulfill those eight prophecies is one out of ten to the power seventeen. Professor Stoner determined that the probability of a random person fulfilling those prophecies It's one out of ten to the power seventeen. Now if you're not mathematically inclined, that number might not mean much to you. So let me put it this way. 
Imagine covering the entire state of Texas with silver dollars that are stacked two feet high. Now imagine you took a marker and you wrote your initials on one of those silver dollars. Now imagine mixing all of the silver dollars up. And you restack them. So the entire state of Texas is covered in silver dollars stacked two feet high and one of them has your initials on it. If you were to take a blindfolded person to the state of Texas and say go anywhere in the state, and pick one silver dollar out of the stack that is there. The chance that they would pick the one with your initials on it, that's the same chance that a random person would fill these prophecies about the Messiah. That convinces me that Jesus did not fulfill these prophecies by random chance. But it may not convince all the skeptics. So the professor did some more research and more calculations. He looked at 48 of the prophecies. The chance that a random person would fulfill those prophecies is 1 out of 10 to the power 157. That's a 1 with 157 zeros after it. One with the 57 zeros. It's hard to wrap our minds around those odds. But I used to be a math teacher, so I'm going to try to help you. And you line them all up. And then you line up another row of atoms. And another row. And you keep adding rows till you have a complete square. So you have a square with all the atoms of the universe long and all the atoms of the universe high. And imagine you wrote your initials on one of those atoms. And imagine taking a blindfolded person and asking them to pick one atom out of that square. And 
The chance Salah they would pick the one with your initials, that's the chance that a random person would fulfill these 48 prophecies. Hopefully the point is clear. Jesus did not fulfill the prophecies by random chance. Jesus fulfilled the prophecies because God knew that he was going to send his son to save us from our sin. So God wrote a description of the Messiah that was so detailed that nobody could fulfill it except Jesus. Everyone needs to recognize that Jesus fulfills God's promise to save us from our sin. That's the second truth everyone needs to know. Now what should you do when you realize that Jesus has the power to save you from your sin? And what should you do when you realize Jesus fulfills God's promise to save you from your sin? Peter tells us in verse 19. Peter says, repent and turn back to God. Peter tells the people to turn away from their sin. That's what it means to repent. And when you turn away from your sin, you turn to God by putting your faith in Jesus. That means that you trust Jesus' sacrifice paid for your forgiveness. And putting your faith in Jesus means you commit to following him as Lord. Now the rest of verse 19 and through 21 tells us about two blessings that come to those who repent and put their faith in Jesus. First Peter says in verse 19 that their sins will be blotted out. That means all their sins will be forgiven. They will no longer be under God's judgment. Imagine all your sins are written on a chalkboard. Chalkboard? Yeah. Whiteboard. So when, when you repent of your sin and put your faith in Jesus, God takes a big eraser and wipes them off. That's what it means for your sins to be blotted out. Now the second blessing that comes to those who repent of their sin and put their faith in Jesus is times of refreshment. Peter talks about it in verse 20 and 21. These times of refreshment refer to the time when Jesus returns in the future. He will make God's kingdom complete and restore everything back to the way God intended it. And those who have put their faith in Jesus, they will live with him in God's kingdom forever and ever. 
And they will experience the refreshment of God's joy and peace. Now I shared two truths with you about Jesus today. Jesus has the power to save us from our sin. And Jesus fulfills God's promise to save us from our sin. Everyone needs to know these two truths. But I need to be clear about something. If you want your sins to be blotted out, if you want to experience refreshment in heaven, it's not enough to know about Jesus. If you want your sins blotted out, you must know Jesus personally. So let me ask you, do you know about Jesus or do you know Jesus personally? If you want to know Jesus personally, you need to turn from your sin and put your faith in him. If you want to know more about what that means or how to do that, you can speak to me or you can speak to Pastor Jonathan. I don't want you to leave here knowing about Jesus. I want you to leave here knowing Jesus personally. Jesus is the son who saves us from our sin. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son Jesus. We thank you that he has the power to forgive us of our sins. We thank you that he fulfills your promise to forgive us of our sins. I pray, Lord God, that each and every person here will know Jesus personally. I pray, Lord God, that you would give us the opportunity to tell others these two truths that they need to know. And that you would turn their hearts to you so that they can be saved from their sin and so that their sins can be blotted out and so that they have the, the, the promise of times of refreshment in heaven. Lord, we know that Jesus is our only hope. So we put our faith in him and I pray in his name. Amen. Amen. So, I've shared with you two truths about Jesus this morning. Pastor Jonathan spent a long time in Africa telling people these truths about Jesus. Pastor Jonathan at this time, Pastor Jonathan is going to come forward and he's going to give us a testimony of how he shared these truths with people in Africa. Pastor Jonathan, you can come. Uh,
Praise God. I praise God for being in front of you, our people of God. Being together has reminded me how we'll be in heaven and without being separated again. This is the image that came in my mind. I started looking at us how we are and how we'll be in heaven without departing from each other. There will be no more two services. We will all be in one place. In addition to that, Christ will be among us. There will be a great joy. I praise God for uh, giving me this opportunity. I also thank our pastor for the message that he has shared. Our power is in Jesus. If you have Jesus, we have everything we need. They requested me to share testimony. I will first read the scripture in Matthew chapter 28. Uh, 28 verse 13. Kumperuka. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I want to share a bit about this word. Jesus, after his resurrection, he appeared to his disciples. He said that I've given authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, uh, preach them the good news, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I will be with you to the end of the age. This is a great commission that we are given by Jesus. Preaching the gospel, his news, bringing people to him. That's your responsibility. This is my responsibility. This is the great commission. I'm now going to share how Jesus called me. Nineteen fifty. That's when the gospel came to our country. Was brought by missionaries from Europe. 
brought from Swedish people. People from Norway. Even other people from England. That's when we received the gospel. We had the gospel about Jesus. And there was a great revival. I remember our people in my family received Jesus as their personal savior. I remember my dad and my mom did not accept but the rest of my family relatives, they received Jesus and there was a great People testified about Jesus. By then I was still young. But I was among those uh, family members. 1958, I was in the primary school. I was baptized. I was baptized in the name of Jesus. I want to share how I got saved. And after being saved, how Jesus sent me far away from my home. Uh, in the year 1970, I had a calling to join a Bible college so that I would evangelize. I went to the Bible college and spent there for, uh, been there for four years. Then I came back in my church. Then they decided that I should be a, a leader. Uh, 1978, I was ordained as a leader in the church. I started serving the Lord in the church. Uh, then afterwards, 1980, we had a big conference with our missionaries. They said we need to preach the gospel even to those unrich Islamic people. By then I cried a lot. I felt a calling in my heart. But it was very hard. Leaving my family. Leaving my own property. Leaving my own, my own town. Going far for the gospel. Wasn't easy thing to do. But Jesus here he said. If I call you. Do not, uh, do not get worried. I will be with you. I will be with you. We went through struggles. We suffered hunger. We became very poor people. But Christ has been with us. Praise God. Jesus was with us. So I want to share how we used to spread the gospel. Even today, the Church of God. 
is it is it now for us just to without evangelizing the we were given a grace let's give freely we have great commission to evangelize we have a responsibility to bring other people to Jesus they are sinners who are dying without knowing Christ it's your duty it's my duty to bring other people to Christ I do question myself saying is, is this, this enough just to be here there are people dying in the Islam. Go to the Islamic countries. We have to preach the gospel. That's why he called us so that we can evangelize. So let me tell you how we used to preach the gospel. Even if it was very hard, though it was very difficult. We went to his, uh, people who are in Islam. It was very hard to tell an Islam person about But with the Christ, many people got saved. Many people got saved. So uh, here how we used to do it. We used to go. We'll go with singers. In Africa, we do not have uh, much work to do. We'd go to a place. If it is on the street, we start singing. Then people will come see what's going on. What's happening. Then we preach about Jesus. We say the power about Jesus. Then spread Jesus. Then call them. Then some of them will be converted. Then we will lay our hands on them. Praise God. It's our duty. Jesus has called us so that we can the gospel. We were given by grace, let's give freely. There are times we used to go to prisons. We are requesting permission from government to go and preach in jail. Then they would say, yes, go ahead. We go to the prison. Those who are suffering in prison. Then we preach the gospel. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them about Christ. Tell them the good news about Jesus. And some of them will get saved. Then we'll pray over them. Even we used to go to evangelize in the hospital. In the hospitals, we'll pray for people. After praying for sick people, then we'll tell them about Jesus. Tell them about the power in Jesus. Then some of them will get saved. Praise God. Or we'll be seeing the needy families. Maybe those who are in needy need. We'll prepare a meal for them. Then they would come and eat. After eating, then we would share Jesus. Then they would receive Jesus. Praise God. Then we would talk to individuals. Uh, we had some um, 
some boards where we write about Jesus. Then we'll evangelize. Then, then tell them about Jesus. Praise God. That's how we used to do always. Then many people received Jesus. Even here in the US, we have people who not know Jesus. How should we do so that they can receive Jesus? They stand up and teach, preach about Jesus. If we cannot all stand and preach about but there is something we no can do. Even our money. Let's use it to support missionaries. Even if you can't go, but your wealth has to spread the good news. One day we will be questioned that why did I call you? What did you do? We are given freely. We need to give freely. I see people on the street. How will they know Jesus? Why don't we go to them? Paul said, then he would, when he goes to those farmers, he would become a farmer. Those any kind of people, he will make himself to look like those. The church of City View. Let's tell people about Jesus. Let's testify about Jesus. Let's take gospel through America. There are people who are suffering. There are people who are suffering because of sin. But they are waiting for you. Stand up. Our youth, stand up so that we can tell people about Jesus. That's what happened. It wasn't a comfortable life. But in our heart, we are filled with joy. God called me during the conference in 1980 to decide leaving my family, leaving all I had I stood in 1986. It wasn't easy. God told Abraham, leave your country. Go in the place I will show you. I will make you a great Hallelujah. nation. I will make you a great nation. The one who curses you, I will curse you. Who blesses you, I will bless. He accepted and left not knowing where he was going. He stood and left. In empty. Praise God. He went. He left his home country of Then he went to the promised land. That's the country they are fighting in. They are now denying them their citizenship. Because it had been destroyed by Titus in uh, Rome. 
Now Arabs are standing against him. It's not possible. The promise that was given to Abraham. Go. To the, the, the country I will show you. I will make you a great nation. Even uh, what's happening now. The people who are God is nation. Even the, the war of will happen. But it's, it's a promise that God has given. Let's stand up and share the good news. God told Abraham, if you live and go, I will make you a great nation. I will bless those who blesses you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Praise God. Yes, Jesus is accepting Use the power that he has given us. This is not enough just to fill churches. I'm requesting you, people You who reach in different areas. You who go to the headquarters of City View. Try to tell people Africa. about evangelizing people. In Africa, there are people who do not know about Jesus. India, Arab, Arab. Even here in the U.S., we have people. We will be accountable for what we did. Let's pray, God. Dear God, I thank you. You are God Almighty. God, you cause to go so that we can preach the good news. So that we can reach and reach people. You said we will be with us. You said we should not worry because you will be with us. Thank you that you've us. Thank you, God, who answers. God, who is not far from us. God, who is almighty. Amen. Amen. Amen.